So, welcome <laughs> from me, welcome from my panel, who I'm going to introduce in a minute, and welcome to uh, those of you joining us online. This is the final in our kind of three-week um, series of being on the front foot in three different areas of life that we kind of believe are really significant. This evening, we are going to be talking about being on the front foot with regards to anxiety. But before we jump in <laughs> to the cheery subject of anxiety, I want to um, just, I want you all to say hello to my panel. I know some of you will know some of them better than others, but um, I want them to introduce themselves. And I'd love you to tell us um, your name, obviously, where you spend most of your working week and doing what. Okay, so that's the second question. Third question, any good TV series that you've watched recently? And fourth question, what is your preferred pancake filling? Okay, because it's pancakes on Tuesday. There we go. Um, yeah, my name's Chris. Um, <coughs> first question, during my week, I am obsiding, well, for those who don't know, Spear, yep. which obviously located here, um, but it's an external charity. Um, second question was, I remember the pancakes. Any, any good TV series? Oh, TV series. <laughs> The Traitors, yeah. that was obviously a classic, I think everyone's been watching that, yeah. <laughs> that was probably all of us. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was great. And then the Formula One one, I've been watching okay. what, Drive to Survive, yeah. which is great too. Um, pancake filling? And then pancake filling, What's I think favorite? probably like controversial, but golden syrup with like bacon. Oh no. <laughs> Anybody else? Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Nay. Nice. Um, I'm Nay, or Naomi. Um, Spend most of my week here on the team here, um, working with the young people. Um, we've just been on a youth weekend away um, with 75 young people, so that was amazing. Um, I bit late to the party, but this week started watching Clarkson's Farm, and oh my gosh, it's one of the funniest things I've ever watched. It's the best program. So if you haven't watched it, give that a watch. Um, and pancakes. Uh, I'm going to go for Biscoff spread. Ooh. Would be my fave. Yes, okay. Good, thanks. I've got one. Um, evening, uh, my name is Nick. Um, I spend my working week uh, here most with these guys um, as well. Um, what was the first one? Well, after that. After that. Any TV good, shows. Any good TV so shows? So I'm, I'm into um, kind of cop shows and things like that. And, um, and I'm, I'm watching The Rookie. And I'm, I'm just loving the new series of The Rookie and things like that. Okay. So that's it. But pancakes, I'm, I'm a sort of a, a bit of a traditionalist. And um, just a bit of sugar and lemon juice. And I don't think you can get better than that. Oh, no. Please. I'd like to say maple syrup and cream is definitely the best pancake filling. That's what I'll be going Great. for. Yeah, maple syrup and cream, sugar and fat. You know, it's where it's at. Controversial. Anyway, <laughs> enough of the trivial stuff. So I'm really conscious as we um, are about to dive into this um, subject of anxi anxiety. It's, um, it in itself is a big issue. It's part of a, a wider mental health conversation, um, which is also a massive issue and for our day, as well as a massive area for us to look at. So this evening we are literally talking about, we are confining our conversation to anxiety, just to anxiety. Now you don't need me to tell you that anxiety is a huge thing. I think it's a huge thing for all of us. It's not just a huge thing in our culture today, it's a huge thing for all of us. And the reason that you don't need me to tell you that it's a big thing is because we all struggle at different times for different reasons 
uh, in different ways with anxiety. And if we need to be persuaded of that, we just need to count up how many times in the Bible throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament, God, uh, the Father in the Old Testament and Jesus in the New talks about not worrying, not fearing, not being anxious, not fretting or whatever. It's the consequence, isn't it, of living in a world of living in a world with circumstances that we cannot control. That's essentially what anxiety is connected to, our lack of control. Medically, <clears throat> research tells us, and again, you know, this is just a reminder as we begin to get into this subject. Uh, medically, anxiety uh, tells, uh, causes stress, it's part of stress, and over, over the long term, stress actually harms our bodies. There is a physical outworking of anxiety. Psychologically, anxiety turns different issues that we wrestle with into roadblocks. And when anxiety turns issues into roadblocks, it makes sensible people do unsensible, I know that's not a proper word, things, and make unwise decisions. And you don't need me to tell you, but let's, re let's remind ourselves again that anxiety actually <clears throat> undermines many good things in life that, that are on our plates every day, doesn't it? It undermines the good gifts that God gives us. And I, I don't know about you, but I think anxiety can hang over us like a shadow that just ends up affecting all of those different parts of our lives. It's difficult to be generous, isn't it, in, paying, uh, in, in being generous to others when, we, when we're worried, when we're anxious about where money's going to come from, how we're going to pay the bills. It's difficult to be generous-hearted, to be kind to the people around us and to be present in the moment when we're really anxious about something uh, and wrestling with something in our heads. Uh, J. John said this, I love this quote, uh, in talking about anxiety poisoning life, he said, it's hard to be cheerful when you're fearful. <laughs> kind of sums it up, doesn't it? And uh, I think sometimes we can even become anxious about our level of anxiety. You know, maybe we're anxious about talking about anxiety. You know, maybe to even look at it and think about it is a kind of a potential, you know, cause of anxiety. Charles Spurgeon said this, another great quote, anxiety doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows, but it only empties today of its strengths. I know a man who walked the earth 2,000 years ago, he said something very sim uh, similar. Just a few little stats for you. Apparently, anxiety is focused and preoccupied with 40% of things that will never happen, according to research has done. So we spend a lot of our time anxious about stuff that will never actually happen. Apparently, we spend 30% of our time when we're, or sorry, anxiety, for 30% of people, anxiety is caused about wrestling with stuff that has already happened, but how we might have done things differently or what could have happened differently. 12% of anxiety in this research done in looking at what people actually worried about was to do with things relating to other people's criticism, much of which is often untrue. 10% was about issues relating to health, and only 8%. Uh, of the time, according to this research that was done on a big uh, a set of people, um, only 8% of it related to issues in our lives that we could genuinely do something about. And I don't know about you, but I found that quite helpful to kind of read because it resonates with my life. If I look back, one of the things I would say to my sort of 20-year-old self is, Hills, half the stuff you've been anxious about, worried about and fretted about, it never happened. But the good news, that might be the bad news about anxiety, the good news is that there is good news about anxiety for followers of Jesus. We believe that, don't we? 
There is good news for anyone who follows Jesus. Listen to these two promises, and then we're going to move into some conversation. Old Testament promise, you will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. That's a promise from the Father in Isaiah 26. And then Jesus, the the week before he died, the week before he was leaving his friends, I mean, talk about the levels of anxiety of those disciples, having given up everything to follow Jesus, to hang out with him. He's about to be crucified. He's about to leave them in this world without his presence. And he's preparing them for his departure. And he says this to them from John 14, 26 and 27. When the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. And then he says this, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. The peace I give is a gift the world cannot give, so don't be troubled or afraid. And actually, that promise to followers of Jesus is backed up by, there was a load of research done in 2022, actually, particularly amongst younger generations by a big organization in the States that found that very significantly, people who followed Jesus, people who were religious or spiritual, um, were more likely to say that they were flourishing in their mental health and in in their emotional health than people who, who weren't, which doesn't say that they were completely flourishing, but there was a significant difference. So those verses, they're encouraging, I think, but they take three seconds to read. Most of us, you know, would would recognise, well, that's not my experience every day. It certainly hasn't been mine, uh, and I know that it hasn't been the experience every day of my panel. There's There's this gap between what Jesus promises, this gift of peace, and our experience of it. And And we want to talk about a little bit about that gap this evening. In the time that we've got, explore a bit about how, what part we play in that gap, how how Jesus expects us to bridge that that gap, and uh, what that feels like and looks like as we as we sort of wrestle with that gap. So, I want to start with Nay, ladies first, (laughs) men just before, as my sons would say, but (laughs) ladies first, Nay. Tell us what the promise of peace from Jesus means to you and what the experience of that gap between the promise and our experience of where is this peace, how do I find this peace or whatever. Tell us a bit about what that's meant for you. Um, yeah, so that that gap that you've just uh, described is something I've... Um, for a number of years, um, wrestled with massively um, and really wrestled with um, periods of time um, of some really, really tough um, anxiety. And um, for a while, for many years, really wrestled with it um, because I I was just really frustrated and angry of like, why me? Why am I going through this? Why do I think like this? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, and it, it there were really lonely times um, in that. And I, I really wrestled with it because I think I'd built up an expectation that, um, or this expectation was in me that um, there should be some like divine deliverance or sovereign kind of healing um, of removing this anxiety. And I just wasn't receiving that. The amount of times I asked and prayed, God, can you just take this away? 
Um, and I just wasn't seeing that. That wasn't happening. Um, and then when I begun to actually take that wrestle to God, um, when I begun to wrestle um, with that, with him, um, I realized that, um, as you said, you know, this is something that we all battle. It's something that we all journey. It's a process um, that actually kind of learning the hard truth that there isn't a divine thing that's going to just fully, like, bam, take it away. Um, but actually, I'm beginning to wrestle with Jesus with it. So actually taking my anger and my frustration and my sadness and my fear to God, um, to Jesus, I, I begun to feel this or have begun to feel this freedom um, within it. And I'm a really visual person and so often get pictures from Jesus. And um, in part of my journey, when one time when I was wrestling with it with God, he gave me a picture of um, like a load of um, like different colored electrical wires. Um, and it felt like the picture was of my brain and my brain was all of these electrical wires, all these voices and thoughts and things that I had in my head um, and they were all crossed over and, and jumbled up and life could feel really, really foggy because everything was all crossed. Um, and in this picture there was then one of the wires was um, like glowing um, and it was just shining out compared to all of the other wires that were crossed over and just had this real sense um, from Jesus that he was saying that that was his voice. Um, because when I was wrestling with anxiety on my own previously and wasn't engaging, trying to engage with him in it, I just felt like those crisscross wires um, and it felt really dark and gloomy and I couldn't see <laughs> the hope and the peace. Um, but this picture was that Jesus's voice was there for me in that wrestle. It didn't necessarily mean that those thoughts weren't there. It didn't necessarily mean that what I was going through, the reality of life wasn't there. But it meant that like, I had this hope that his voice yeah. was in there and I could choose to try and engage and try and intentionally like, listen out for that voice. And sometimes that's really, really hard in yeah. those patches. Um, and there'd be times in previous where in sung worship, I would not be able to sing certain lyrics of songs because I, I just found it too painful because I couldn't understand like why I was not being rid of this thing but in choosing to in this gap try and wrestle with it and bring this process to Jesus with Jesus you know the circumstances don't always change but there's a hope of his voice is there if you're yeah. trying to listen out for it and um yeah that actually he is prince of peace mm. who wants to journey that with me with us um and he, you know, in the Bible, it says that um, our, our minds aren't meant to be captive. Brilliant. Well, our you, minds aren't. Thank you. You've set me up brilliantly for <laughs> a couple of verses. I mean, you, you've alluded to the word battle. You've used the word wrestle a lot. You know, they're biblical words, aren't they? Battle and wrestle. You know, here's a couple of verses from Paul saying that we, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. There's, a, there's an intentionality. You're you've used the word engaging in the wrestle. And here's another one which I think illustrates actually your, that beautiful picture that God gave you about your mind, that actually there's a being transformed by the renewing of our mind that Jesus is inviting us into in partnership with him. So just very briefly, what would you say to anybody here that felt like, gosh, this level of anxiety that I deal, that I experience at the moment, this is it, this is me, this is what I've got to face forever. 
um, that that's a lie. Mm. <laughs> um, that that's good. yeah, that just that that's a lie, and don't don't let that take captive of you. I've I've been there, and it's mm. it's lonely, and it's really hard, and it's it's just not who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, he really is that Prince of Peace, and he wants to journey and, and walk hand in hand with you in what you're going through. Um, so if you can try and listen out for that voice, if you can try and plant yourself in 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 scripture and, and hold on to the fact and have hope in the fact that he doesn't want you to have a captive mind of bad things. Yeah. Um, Thank you. It's so not the good. end. So good. Do either of you want to yeah, the mic, please. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, um, we haven't prepped this, but I've had a similar sort of image from God where it was actually sort of a, it was like that squiggles or wires, um, and then it was a sort of a stick man, like, encompassing it, and it was that thing of being held, and it was so often I, going through, yeah, mental health things, like, anxiety, yeah, depression, anxiety, whatever it is, um, I've got a variety, which is great, um, and then, <laughs> so, but it was like, so often I don't understand why, and I understand that promise of, like, this, you know, I am to be free of this one day, and I have that hope, um, but at the moment, I'm not necessarily free of it, and so... But that being held by it, there's that hope in that and that knowledge of it. And I think it was Pete Gregg who said something. He, I love an analogy, and he used the analogy of like when his son had chicken pox, and he, um, so he was holding his son, sort of crying away, and um, and Pete obviously knew that you know you have chicken pox, you know, boost your immune system, you're going to be better. There's purpose through this. Whereas his son in that just doesn't understand the struggle, doesn't understand why he's facing this. Yeah. Um, and, and that's what I sort of face quite often, where it's yeah. like, why, why this? But then that knowledge that I'm just so amazingly held. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which in itself is a beautiful, reassuring truth in the middle of a battle, isn't it? I, I was just struck, Nays have mentioned the, the phrase lies. Um, and th- there is so much, I think, in the Bible about truth and, and lies. And Jesus refers to... Um, the enemy, Satan, as the father of lies. Yeah. And, and he says, um, when he speaks, he speaks his native language. And I think it can be so helpful to really um, try to identify what's true, what's, what's a lie. And, and sometimes I find myself um, almost agreeing with some of the lies or, or even perhaps colluding with them. And, and actually sometimes we, there's a bit of battle. You use that phrase, battle, wrestle. Um, and, and, and if I'm just in neutral... I think these lies can can just defeat us. We give them strength if we if we don't acknowledge where they're coming from. Yeah, I think the principle of battle is a really important one for us to remember, and you've you've articulated it brilliantly. Thank you. So, anxiety, I think, is a close. I don't know about you, but when I think about it, I think it's a really close relative of fear and sort of worry. I think the Bible uses those words interchangeably. And uh, it seems to me that a common question, when I think about the things that I wrestle with and when I'm anxious, a common que- the, probably the most common question, I'm sure there are a number of them, underneath all the different ways that I worry or I'm fearful or that I'm anxious is, will I be okay? Or will the people that I really love be okay? And I think if I knew the answer to that was an absolute definite yes, and this is how it's all going to unravel... I think I'd be fine. I think I'd, you know, peace would be my companion every moment of the day. And, uh, you know, I can see some of you nodding. We relate to those questions. That's, that's what's down there. And, of course, there are other questions that are tucked into that. You know, will I have what I need for the situation that I'm facing? You know, will I, will I find, 
you know, what I need. Will I cope? You know, how will I cope? You know, how do I know that this is the right course of action to take or the right decision to make? How do I know that I'm living my best life? It's, it's this whole realm, isn't it, of, of doubt and uncertainty. I was with a friend this week who um, has found it really helpful um, to discover in, 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 in looking at the way she thinks, actually with a counsellor, and sometimes God uses other people, doesn't he, either friends or professionals to help us with our battles, let's remember that word, with our wrestles, um, who's helped her to think about her thinking. And one of the things she's found really helpful to identify is that she tends to upsize her concerns, upsize her problems, and downsize her ability to potentially cope with those scenarios. Well, as a follower of Jesus, she translated that into, well, actually what I downsize is my confidence in God to help me, my confidence in God to look after me, my confidence in God to be there for me. And I think she's really nailed something there because Jesus, you know, in one of the passages that he talks about anxiety, I'm going to ask, we've got it up here in a moment, there we are, Matthew 6, verses 25 to 30. He makes this powerful connection for his followers between our anxious thinking, our anxious thoughts, and our ability to resist that anxiety. He makes the connection between that And what we know of God, what we believe about God and his promises to us. I'm just going to read this out. You can see it on the screen. This is why, this is Jesus speaking. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. I love that phrase, everyday life. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing and, you know, your friendship circle more than social media? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. Your heavenly Father feeds them. He's talking about basic everyday stuff. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? I love that phrase. Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Why worry about stuff? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing yet. Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? So I love this because this is Jesus speaking with compassion to people he understands, to people he knows, his friends. You're living in this world where there's trouble. I get it that you worry. I get it that you're anxious. I have compassion for you. And yet, I'm telling you, you don't need to worry because God cares for you. And he's connecting, as I've said, our ability to resist anxiety to what we know about God through experience to what we know about God through what he's promised us and encouraging us. He will look after you because he cares for you. He's encouraging them to direct their anxious thoughts to God. So I want to come to you, Nick. You've, had, you've been pretty open about the fact that you've had an anus horribilis, if I'm quoting our late and lovely queen. The last 12 months have been pretty grim. Uh, your marriage came to an end last year. And you shared with us um, some stuff about your, your brokenness and your anxiety in, uh, over the last few months. I'd love you to tell us just a little bit about that, what you feel comfortable sharing about that. And then on the back of that, um, 
with some of the anxious stuff that you've experienced, anxiety that you experienced, how you would kind of connect some of that to your relationship with God. You know, whether it was just the circumstances or was some of that anxiety connected to your relationship with God? Yeah. Um, yeah, l- last year last year was, was rough. Um, my marriage of, of 13 years uh, fell apart. Um, and even just very recently, last couple of weeks, the divorce papers uh, came through. It's, um, it's, been, it's been devastating. I, I think it's probably fair to say it's been devastating for... Uh, for both of us, as, as well as our, our two children. Um, and I'm not going to try uh, and explain it, explain, explain the why, just except to say we each hurt each other um, and uh, we, we, both, we both contributed uh, in, in different ways um, to how the marriage broke down and, and I've got to own uh, my part of that and, and journey with that. I think in terms of anxiety, un- until last year, I, I don't think I particularly battled with anxiety. Of course, I was, I was nervous about a few things from time to time over the years. I had a little season of PTSD after I was a soldier uh, for a bit. But, but last year was, was quite different. Um, I was uh, uh, on the kitchen floor, on my knees, um, sobbing, weeping, floods of tears, like full body sobs. I, I think every day for about six months, I lost 12 kilograms in, in two months at the start of last year. So many disturbed nights, real anxiety. I guess the, the question in the anxiety was, was, will I be able to see my children? Um, what's being said about my character? There was real fear. Every time I picked up my phone and, and kind of my thumbs have hovered over the, the emails app, just like, what am I going to find there? What, what's going to be there um, at this time? And so, so you know, I, I said so last year... There was um, a sort of a season of anxiety that mm. I've, I've never known before. I guess it was very much a situational kind of thing. It was about the circumstances I was in, the breakdown of my marriage. Um, and, but, but at the same time, my, my journey with it, my faith has been like super wrapped up um, with that. Uh, and I've kind of had to kind of work through that and, and pray through uh, lots of it. I, I guess the questions I had were: Can I trust God with with this? What I'm going through is is my God big enough to handle um, this situation? Um, he, he, of course, there were questions like: Why why is why is God letting this happen? Why isn't He fixing this? I, I don't know if you um, ever sing the songs in, in church about how God's never going to let us down, and sometimes you're just like, Can I sing that? Um, it's true, but can I sing it? One of my favorite songs is, is, is Same God. And there's a desperate prayer in there that says, um, Oh God, I need you now. Oh God, I need you now. And there have just been weeks and months where it just feels like, Okay, I need you, but hello. And, and it's, sometimes it just feels like uh, there's, there's no answer. Um, can I still trust him? I think... Um, my anxiety peaked when I was, I guess, when, when my eyes were on it. Um, and I, I'm reminded of Peter um, when he climbed out of the boat and walked on the water when Jesus invited him to. Uh, and then there's this, um, there's this, this phrase, 
Uh, it's in Matthew 14. It says, when he saw the wind and the waves, he began to sing. Uh, and I think that that was like, you know, when my when I was looking at the kind of the crisis uh, I, I was in, partly through my own um, actions and decisions and stuff, but it was when I was looking at everything that was going on, that, that's when my anxiety was like probably uh, at, its, at its highest and, and actually, you know, and with others' help, when I was able to start changing my, my, the direction of my gaze um, back towards Jesus, um, yeah, then, then it sort of dissipated a little. Okay, thank you. So, so what you're saying is that the times where your your gaze was shifted, that helped in your wrestle with anxiety. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, 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 def- definitely. Um, you know, there, there are so many. I think as well, you know, there's so many, so many promises uh, in in the scriptures. Uh, I, I think maybe my the oldest verse, I, uh, the first verse I learned, like like somewhere towards thirty years ago is 1 Peter 5 verse 7, and it just says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's, I think for me, it was as I was able to, to look at him and realize his care, yeah. then I was able to do a bit more of the casting, sometimes quite feebly. But I, I think, you know, this, this last year, I, I've been blown away that despite all my mess and my failings and all of it, actually we have a God who knows us mm. and who loves us mm. um, in, in the most extraordinary way. Mm. And, you know, so that, that oldest memory verse is, is, is probably my, my closest verse. There's a word I felt God gave me for the whole year, last year. It's the word refuge. Um, and it comes in the Bible in almost 100 times, Old Testament and, and New um, where the concept is God wants to be this safe place, this mm. safe person, this mm. refuge in whom we can have, we can take shelter, in whom we can go as a, as a, as a dribbling wreck and, and just be and be known and be loved. Yeah. Um, Thank you for sharing yeah. that. You've, you've touched on something there. You've, you've just said there that with a word God gave you last year, refuge, you talked about that illuminated wire being God's voice. Um, interesting kind of connection about but saying the same thing that in the midst it's it's the voice of God being one of those things that draws our eyes or helps us to focus on this God who cares about us that seems to make and Jesus promises it will do some kind of difference in our battle with anxiety we're going to come back to to that in a moment um, because all battles require a strategy I think we'd acknowledge that wouldn't we you know there's this gap between what we're promised in the Bible and our experience of it that involves us engaging with the Holy Spirit, with Jesus, to inherit what we've been promised. We've got this promised land that we inherit as we walk with him, and that requires something of us as well as his intervention. Um, and we, we, I think for Christians, very much this, this battle to, to experience peace, uh, as, as Nick's just, just described very articulately is connected to some extent not completely but to some extent on on what we know and believe and trust about God and his nature and his heart for us but all battles require a strategy you know we need to know what we're going to do when we are in the middle of the onslaught of the anxious thoughts or the circumstance like I had this week that just throws us into a whole new load of anxiety because it's a new set of circumstances and uh 
I'm just going to come to Chris because um, I, want, I want us to hear a bit about his strategy. But before that, I just want uh, us to look at this verse from Paul, who is sharing a bit of his own strategy in prison uh, about what he does with anxiety. He's saying, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious. Here we go, different person saying the same thing. Do not be anxious about everything. That feels like such an impossible ask. But in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God. Here we are again, this connection between anxiety and peace, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So that's some of Paul's strategy wrapped up in those couple of verses. He's not saying it's the only one. Chris, tell us a bit about some of the strategies that you found helpful in your wrestle, your battle, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, yeah, I think firstly, uh, like part of my story has been um, like obviously my spirituality is massive, but also seeking like medical help too. Yeah. Um, and it's not, I think we can still always talk about all this and um, God also blesses sort of uh, in the medical sector and everything like that and I've had sort of counselling and CBT several times throughout my life which has really equipped me and antidepressants and stuff like that um, fortunately not for a long time but it's really sort of equipped me and then it means I've got that sort of backing but then can also bring sort of my faith into yeah. that too um, and so I think yeah day to day I sort of try and um, I guess get certain ducks in order and so for me there's like three things I do each morning which is like uh, get up 50 minute run like breakfast, 50 minute run, then cold shower, then I'll do a bit of my quiet time, and I now focus on the quiet time. Um, but then, <laughs> and in that, yeah, there's so many, yeah, I don't always get it right, it's easy to sit up here and as if I do it every day, and this week has been pretty shocking, barely done it, and so, um, but in those quiet times, like, one thing I have is like so many, that verse we had up there, all those verses, it's sort of on my wardrobe, and loads of other sort of sticky notes, and it means I just sort of, can wrap myself in that in terms of I'll just be brushing my teeth or whatever yeah. and read them even if I'm not particularly feeling you know low or whatever or um I'll still read them and then they just sort of I think sit deep um and the other thing I sort of got into over probably the past year is that um the other verse where it's sort of um yeah as you said Nick the cast all your anxieties on me and also the, the act of you know your burdens and um and I would just sort of so often I'd be praying for everything else or other people and things like that or and they're not really focusing on me at all. And I'd literally just sort of take five minutes and just, as if Jesus was there, like, just put on, you know, down at his feet, you know, those things, whether that was my own child's job, whatever the drama is in my life, um, just put it down at his feet. And then, um, and then the, yeah, just that sort of act of doing it. Half the time, I'd then sort of pick it back up and be like, sweet, I'll take it with me again. But, like, that sort of act, yeah, I would try and do that. And it would, yeah, it would massively help. Um, and, yeah, going back to that verse, I don't know if you can get it back up, um, but that, like, it's loaded, all of that is loaded, and just from that sort of starting with rejoice and this hopefulness and um, knowing God is near, and it's a command, like, do not be anxious about anything, even though, like, we're human and we're going to, you know, feel it and wrestle with it and everything like that, it's like, we have that hope that we can. Um, and that prayer and petition, it's not just praying, and so often I don't, feel like I get any answers um, and that sort of mishmash of those wires we sort of talked about sometimes there'll be little you know wires which are sort of I'll sort of reflect and I'll be like oh actually I have seen healing in that but then it's so easy to not focus on those little ways which the wires have been re sort of I don't know what you call it rewired um, 
That's quite a good one. Um, <laughs> and then, <laughs> so it's focusing on those ways. Because I think um, mental health is so convoluted. And in terms of like healing, if you have a bad ankle, you know, you know it's better when the pain goes yeah. or you can run on it or whatever. Whereas yeah. mental health, it's like, it's, it's just a journey. And there'll be areas which I've, yeah. over the years, have, have been healed from. Yeah. But I reflect on like, oh, but all this stuff going on now. And so, yeah, yeah I think reflecting as well, which I'm pretty shocking at doing. I can say all the right stuff here. But, um, but yeah, also that, that other bit, the piece which transcends all understanding, like has been massive for me. And, it, yeah. and it's, um, I think, yeah, someone said this week, piece that sort of um it's not the absence of trouble but it's the presence of god mm. and um i've massively felt that in mm. when i've just been going through the absolute mill and other people have prayed or i've been praying and then i've just suddenly felt this overwhelming peace which truly does like transcend yeah. understanding and i like it's where you absolutely shouldn't be feeling you like you suddenly can fall asleep yeah. and it's like oh i shouldn't yeah. be feeling this and um but yeah. it takes you to hit that sort of yeah absolute tough time to truly experience it and often I'm closest to God when I'm going through a pretty rubbish time which is really annoying because mm. um, like, I want to experience <laughs> that when I'm not going through that and so when I pray like I want to be hungry for you I want to like experience it but just don't give me all the rubbish stuff please yeah. like yeah <laughs> but um but often it is hand in hand which is yeah part of it but also an amazing hope in in the troubles um and then yeah the final bit will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus so that's sort of guarding yeah your mind's capturing your thoughts, those sort of things, even though, yeah, as I say, we are human. Yeah. And so often, part of it, you try and, the more you try and not think something, the more you think about it. And that's yeah. a paradoxical effort. And, yeah. um, but just trying to um, focus on the right things. Yeah, um, thank you. Yeah. you. I mean, you, you've clearly been intentional and strategic. And you mentioned another mm. little tactic. I don't know whether you sort of, it's a conscious one, but you mentioned about praying with other people and talking to other mm. people. You know, praying with other people—that's that's another bit of a strategy, isn't it? Involving other yeah. people in, you know, just the whole walk, the walk mm. of our spiritual journey. And hey, I need prayer for this because mm. I'm whatever. Thank you. Definitely. Do either of you want to add anything else about particular strategies that you have found helpful? Or um, yeah, actually, just on on what you're saying, other people. Um, I think when I've been in. Um, my trend and my kind of go-to used to be to just uh, lock myself away, hide it away, felt like it needed to be dealt with by myself because I felt really embarrassed and ashamed of, of what was going on. Um, and sometimes I can default to that. I don't always get it perfect. But um, in recent, I've, I've learned to get better that Jesus also wants me to involve um, those around me who um, know me um, like deeply as well um, and the kind of few family and friends who I have shared some of those really like difficult times with um, the lifeline that they might not even realize they've given me but is they've spoken Jesus mm. over me they've spoken his truth over me when I can't hear it mm. um, because yeah that mishmash of why sometimes you just can't hear it and they don't necessarily force me out of whatever is going on, but they've just spoken Jesus into me, his truth into yeah. me, and, and that has been a serious lifeline in times of anxiety. Brilliant. Do you want to add I, I, I just um, I jotted down three, three things. Um, so the first one was, was talk vulnerably to others, like you guys said, and, and I think shame tries to stop me doing that, mm. but it's, it's the first thing. The, the second one is actually, I wrote down worship, and wept it's, it's, um, and I've done that here and 
and in the worship, you know, I think we're, we're choosing to worship, choosing to declare that God is good even when life is not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the third one is just a private thing. I just just climbed into the scriptures um, on my own and just and just want to read what he says yeah. um, and just kind of, I suppose, um, it's about alignment. It's about hearing truth, getting yeah. to know his voice. Thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you. Thank you. Such a, a huge subject, huge area that, you know, we've only scratched the surface of. If you've got any questions about anxiety, they would love to answer them <laughs> over in the pub afterwards. They can answer all your questions. But um, please join me in thanking Chris and Nay and Nick for not just being here and sharing stuff, but actually sharing part of their hearts and their life experience for our benefit. So thank you so much. <laughs>